Awesome. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is a very interesting topic. Words that build. Words that build up. Words that build up is our topic today. Remember, we are looking at this funny feeling of uh, treading the mud and heading nowhere. And I believe, personally, that one of the contributors to that funny feeling is words. Words. Things say to us, see things that we say to others. Words that are said to us, but also words that we say to others, can either build you or tear you down. They can either build you or tear you down. Have you ever sat back and wondered to yourself, why on earth did I say that? Why did I say that? You sit back and wish you could take those words back. Well, that has happened to me. And I'm sure to some of you guys listening in tonight, the worst part is living in regret after saying some things. You cannot take them back. You want to apologize, but also, especially if you're a man, you don't want to feel weak or appear weak by apologizing. So you're stuck in your feelings alone right there. You think, should I go? Should I not? You try to just uh, sit back. You, you tell yourself, well, I, let me. maybe I didn't mean it that way. You try to justify, but the justification does not last long enough because your conscience won't let you go. And the feeling goes on and on and on. That feeling is a very difficult feeling to have. And here is another version. You sit back and you're wondering to yourself, well, what's my name? Like the song was saying, because so many things have been said to you that are negative. Words that you cannot get out of your mind. Negative words. Uh, words that were said to you. Uh, there's a saying that goes like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words will never hurt me. Yamada, where did that English word statement come from? How true is that philosophy? <laughs> well, I actually researched it a bit, mm. and all I could come up with is in the 1800s, some Methodist writer referenced that statement to use it as an encouragement that don't let persecution stop you. Mm. <laughs> Sticks and stones, they won't hurt you. I mean, words won't hurt you. So I don't agree at all. Why? Why do you say that? I mean, it, it might have worked for a couple of people. I mean, you cannot keep listening to all your critics. You cannot keep taking all your words. But what happens? Why, why do you say it's not true? <laughs> words can stay with you for a long time. And then, of course, now the words that stick mm. with you, your mind starts thinking on those mm, and, mm. and we know that when our mind is focused on that now out of the out of the heart we act so our mm. our life is is a lot of times directed by the words that we hear and and feed mm. into our mind mm. that is true that is because you think about those things in the quietness of life slowly but slowly you begin to believe uh, those things. Ladies and gentlemen, the question we are answering tonight is uh, what words should we use to reflect Christ to others? What do I mean by that? Give me examples of words that build others or words that built you up. Words that built you up. I'll give you an example. One of the words that uh, most of us may share that can be very encouraging are the famous words I'm proud of you. If you know what I mean, give me an amen. Give me an amen. If you know what I'm talking about, give me amen. an amen. Give me an amen. I am proud of you. Or words like or a statement or a phrase that goes something, I love you. 
Now, that depends on who is saying it. Because uh, that can be creepy. <laughs> Coming from some people you don't expect. I mean, imagine a conductor telling you. From. Yeah. Imagine a <laughs> conductor telling you, I love you. That would be some stuff that uh, you want to run away from. That's just the culture. But hey, what words or phrases have beat you up? Also, I've seen some interesting comments coming in uh, right now. Mm. And uh, Amanda, do you want to go first? What do you think? Give us a phrase or a story <laughs> when you were encouraged by someone or by uh, a phrase or words. Do you want to go first, Amanda? Sure, yeah. I was, I was thinking about this today. And okay... I guess it, it kind of connected to the other side of it. When I was mm. little, I heard my grandma constantly telling me that I was never gentle. I'm always rough. I'm always <laughs> loud. <laughs> so I had that in the back of my head. And then uh, everyone's going to say, oh, but one time, David, when we before before we were even dating, before we even knew we liked each other, David told me that, I think you have a quiet and gentle spirit. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So that has Interesting. always stuck with me. Mm. Yeah. You have but look gentle. at this. We've got so many comments already of comments of words that people have mm. been encouraged by. Foreign says, keep trusting in him. Patu says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. MZ, MZ, I appreciate. That is, that's such a hard one to do sometimes, but it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. That's interesting. And then Mr. David Chilabia there is saying, oh, oh, is that ah or ah? What is that? How encouraging is that? <laughs> How encouraging is that? But thank you so much. And then Paul, is it Patu Patu? Patu Patu says, he will never leave you, nor forsake you. You are never alone, even when it feels like you are. I think those words are encouraging to know that he will never leave you, nor forsake you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Amen. 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 And then Frankie says, Frankie says, I was hoping Frankie would say something else today, but Frankie says, you have done well. That encourages him. <laughs> oh, the reason I'm laughing is, uh, anyway, Lucy says, I forgive you. Those words lift a weight off my chest. I forgive you. I forgive you. And Lucy, you're being very honest because majority of us here are seen as a need forgiveness. Why? Especially to the poor closest to us. Uh, that's a word you want to hear because uh, beef kept for a long time can literally hurt you uh, even if you are the one who wronged the other. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that, uh, Lucy. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing so many, two people have talked about Dave Nightingale and how he has encouraged and I think we've, we've seen many things about Dave and how he lifted people up with his words. Mm. I'm, mm. You're awesome. I'm proud of you. I love you. He said that a lot. Mm, that is true. That is true. The other words he liked to say was, you worry too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You worry too much. You worry too much. Frankie, I want to keep provoking you until you tell us those words that really encourage you. <laughs> 
This week the man could not sleep. He could not sleep. He was awake. <laughs> oh my, oh my. It's interesting. That is interesting. Words that encourage you. Words like I love you. Words like I'm proud of you. Words like you can do it. You can do it. One of the things that I like to hear for me is uh, words like I think it's a good idea. <laughs> because I usually come up with ideas that, that I don't think possibly are good. But when I hear someone say, I think it's a good idea, that I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, at least there's one person who agrees with me. And that kind of uh, just makes my day. That makes my day. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Ella Chirawo on the line. Ella, thank you so much for calling in. Chirawo, thank you so much for calling in. What do you have to tell us tonight concerning words? Please go ahead. You're live. Yeah, I really, uh, I really feel appreciated and loved when someone asks, "How are you doing? What's going on mm. in your life?" And Amanda mm. does that. Mm. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 How are you doing? And what's going on in your life? That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Ella. I'm going to play for us our theme song for tonight as we welcome Mr. Kane Daddy to share with us from Gold's War tonight. And after the song is done, I'm going to ask Amanda uh, to kindly pray for us. Words by Hawk Nelson. Enjoy the music. They've made me feel like a prisoner. They've made me feel set free. They've made me feel like a criminal. Made me feel like a king. They've lifted my heart to places I'd never
Lord, we thank you so much for this time, and we pray that you would um, just be with us as we think about our words and think about um, what your word has to say about them. And we pray for Mr. Dady, um, help him to just deliver the words that you've given to him, and may it help us to bring others to you, point others to you, and encourage their hearts. We commit all this into your hands, and may we glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mr. Ken Daddy, uh, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And uh, uh, most of you have met Mr. Ken, and uh, I think you have a face uh, to attach to the voice. Um, but Mr. Ken, I don't know how long you've worked with Bible clubs and local church ministry and taking care of pastors and uh, just encouraging them to continue going on with their ministry. And uh, I know you'll be sharing that with us tonight, uh, but please uh, share with us concerning uh, words uh, from Ephesians and encourage us tonight concerning our speech. Welcome. Yes, uh, thank you for allowing me to be part of it. So that, yes, I've been working with teens using the Word of Life tools for 51 years and uh, I was a design engineer back then, and that's then uh, it was 40, 42 years ago in which I went full-time starting our 43rd year. So been encouraging pastors, leaders, young people. Um, so with that, uh, just a little bit of my background, my mom and dad divorced when I was five years old. And my mom, six months later, more out of need than out of love, uh, married a man who I think married my mom more out of pity than out of love, though both of them grew to love each other before uh, my dad passed away. But, but my dad, my stepfather, was raised in a very dysfunctional home. He was the oldest of 10, and whenever he did something wrong, he got a beating for it, and whenever... His younger siblings did something wrong. Uh, he also got the beating for it, for uh, along with the uh, younger ones, because he was supposed to keep them from doing that. And so uh, he was a product of his environment. And so when he all of a sudden got three boys, I was the oldest. He really didn't know what to do with us, except for how he was raised. And so that during my uh, time of, of uh, growing up, I've been cussed out most days of my life, that uh, I've been told that uh, I couldn't do certain things, uh, though privately, I remember I, I used to show sheep. Uh, we lived out in the country, and we got the top honors for our sheep, and, and I ran across my dad telling his brother what great boys he had. He didn't know I was there, so I hid. This is the first time I heard my dad say something very positive about myself and my brother. And so I just relished those words. And, and so what, what happens, though, is, again, you become a product of your environment. So all of a sudden, I get married. Uh, I, I told Pam before we got married that uh, take a look at what you get because it's going to – that uh, this is who I am. And uh, then we had two children a daughter and a uh, son, and that though I told myself I would never be like my dad, some things kind of took over, and, and, and in some ways I was harsh. 
uh, like my stepfather. Um, I never cussed my kids out, but yet I had a harsh uh, temperament and, and harsh words. But you know what's exciting is that I accepted Jesus Christ as a, as a, a sophomore at the university where I was a physics major, and that as I started to grow, uh, uh, things started to happen in my heart. And then as a young youth leader, as well as a new father, that I started doing a thing called a quiet time. And then I started going to conferences. And I started to be in the Word. I started teaching the Word. And the Word started grabbing a hold of my heart. And so in time, uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, Amanda knows my uh, our son, and, and he, he could tell her that I'm not perfect. But he has watched me change and grow. But words do make a big difference. One of the things I do when I do uh, family counseling and marriage counseling, I take them through the four rules of communication. I'd like to cover that the next time I'm with you. But I'd like to take one part of that in Ephesians 4.29. In Ephesians 4.29, that it, it says this, that let, let your conversation be Excuse me, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong one, quoting the wrong one. But 429, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that may minister grace unto the hearers. In another version, it says, don't let foul or abusive language. Let, uh, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. There's other versions that talk that use the words edify, build up the saints. And this is one of the places I camp on whenever doing counseling. And also I camp on even for myself every so often as I think about how I'm responding to others. The, the key thing, uh, if you would write down two phrases that go with this verse. Number one, attack the problem, not the person. Attack the problem not the person. And as you start to do that, that instead of attacking the problem, and, and we do that through accusations, and that's the second part. Accusations builds walls, but questions opens the doors of the heart. Accusations builds walls, but questions opens the doors of the heart. Too many times we attack the person by calling them lazy or calling them unfruitful or, or just, uh, you know, that uh, there, there's so many phrases we could, we could use. And sometimes we kid, but with our kidding, there's meaning behind that. And, and at least from our heart or from our perspective. And so it's important for us to be able to, to, be able to look at a person, to talk to a person, and make sure that we're not attacking them, but maybe attacking a problem that's around it when we need to talk to them, but also to encourage them. I saw a comment in there about Dave Nightingale. I was at his, his uh, graveside yesterday up in Michigan. But uh, what's crazy is I knew David when he was a teenager. Uh, he was a star football player. That's American football, not soccer, uh, for uh, our town, 
village that he lived near. Uh, his dad started the first Word of Life club in Michigan, and we uh, started a second one. I knew David as a teenager. I was his boss when he was a young a person out of uh, the BI. Uh, he worked for me, and then now for the last two years, he's been my my boss uh, above uh, Ryan Williamson. But David always had kind words to say. I could I could take a whole time talking about how he was used as a teenager, which I believe then set the pace for him as a young adult and then adult and then as a, in essence, pastor shepherd to all the missionaries across the world. But he always had kind things to say. Even when evaluating someone, he would still have kind words. He would put things in a question form. So we need to learn to ask questions of a person instead of attacking them. We need to look at the problem and not trying to put down the person, the personality that they are. In Proverbs, in Proverbs 27, in Proverbs 27, in verses 5 and 6, it says this, Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And it's, it's key there for us to understand that we need to be a friend to others. To be a friend is to encourage them when they're hurting, to, to love on them when they feel unlovable, to be able to uh, talk to them and counsel them when we see them going the wrong way. And the thing is, is words that build aren't just those that say, oh, you're beautiful, oh, you're fine, oh, you, and we go through all the adjectives that, that kind of puff them up and encourage them, but it says the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, but the wounds of a friend are faithful. And, and so it's important for us to understand that when we do have a friend that's w walking wrong, if we are a friend, we will come alongside and we, we will use questions. We will use opportunities to build into them when, when they're going in a destructive path because an enemy will say, hey, they're going to get what they got coming to them. An enemy is going to use words like, keep on going, man, keep on going. Underneath, they're saying, yeah, go for it, uh, because you're no longer going to be near me. And, and, and that's what those who don't look at the friend and don't build into them, don't talk to them, that's what we are becoming as an enemy if we don't use words that build, that use words that build. And so... Uh, I might illustrate that just a little bit more uh, next time uh, we have devos when we talk about the four rules of communication. But in Colossians, in Colossians 4, 6, that it, it says there that let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. In another version, it says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you'll have the right response for everyone. And 
it's important that we think uh, uh, through who we're talking to because the idea of words that build, each person has different personalities. And so our the same phraseology might not work with one person that works with another. We need to have enough biblical discernment. That's where your quiet time comes in. That's where my quiet time comes in, at least. And that's where your scripture memory comes in. And also, that's where your learning comes in as you uh, uh, get in the Word, dig in the Word, uh, share the Word with others. Uh, you continue to grow. And that's going to equip us more to be able to encourage people with words with grace. That's so important. Words with grace. And so uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that we sometimes don't speak uh, with grace. We sometimes speak in an abiding way. And we cannot do that. We cannot do that. In Colossians 3.17, it says this, that and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And as, as you look at that, um, that, and, and by the way, in the King James, it says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. And so whatever we say or do, we're a representative of the Lord. Think about that. And so uh, do we want them to think that God is full of uh, vile, uh, full, of, full of anger, uh, full of biting words? Now, there's times he had to use that. But yet, as, as I watch it, as I look in Scripture, he talks to his children softly. He encourages his children greatly. He builds into his children uh, in an awesome way. And so if we're representing God before people, then especially for those who know Jesus Christ, and then what we... What, we need to be able to um, help them see that God is love. God is grace. God is encouragement. God does build. So think about that. How do we represent God as we talk to others? And that is even true like the pandemic here in the United States. Uh, we have a hot presidential election going, and I'm listening to Christians who are being reactive during this time. And, and so what they're doing is portraying that, uh, that this, this God who leads us uh, must be very political and Republican only or type of thing. And, and, and that's not true. The whole idea is that God is concerned about the politics. He is concerned about leadership. He is concerned about how we talk about our leaders. Now, I'm sure there, wherever you're at, there's things that you can talk about concerning your leadership that, that would put it down, but we cannot do that as Christians. In leadership, we need to pray for them. And I pray daily for the leadership of our nation, the leadership of my state, that they would be led by God. But my words need to reflect that to others. My words need to reflect that to others. In Luke 6, 
in Luke 6, 45. It says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. For what you say flows from what is in your heart. See, words that build up reflects really our heart. Because if we're not interested in, in helping them, then our words are going to cut down. Our words are going to tear apart. Our words are going to destroy. But if we're interested in the individual, we're interesting we're interested in being able to build into them, encourage them, help them to grow as a lady and as a man of God. If that's what's truly in our heart, then that should be shown through our words. A famous chef on a food network, I don't know if you get those there in Africa, but we have food network. They teach how to cook, and, and it's better than watching uh, other types of TV shows. But one who is... Uh, supposedly a solid Christian was making something and because of the COVID-19 her daughters were were shooting the pictures and she took a, a top off of a pot and steam came up and and steamed her hand and all of a sudden this lady who I've always thought was a solid Christian let out a curse word now I didn't hear the curse word they had to bleep it but her daughters put their hands over their mouths, and she says, oh, my, I think I just said a curse word. And, and I was thinking, wow, that the whole, uh, all of the thousands that watched that, maybe millions, uh, heard this lady who purported to be a Christian to let out a word that she knew wasn't right for others. A Sunday school teacher in my church in Michigan went senile, and when she went see now, all types of curse words and all types of, of evil things came from her mouth. Uh, slutful things, shameful things, dirty things. After she died, the pastor of our church cleaned out her house. Her house was filled with bad novels, wrong novels. She was filling her mind, and when she went see now, everything in her mind emptied out. But another person, Al Smith, who wrote many hymns, when his mother went senile, she sang hymns and quoted God's word because that's what she filled her heart with. The idea of speaking, uh, build, building words, words that build, actually comes from our heart. And because of my background, because of the wrong things that's there or was there, that uh, I memorize scripture for two purposes. One, to well, three purposes. One, to help me to walk right, uh, no matter where I'm at, and God's word's not with me. But two, to be able to counsel people. And then thirdly, that my prayer is, if and when I go senile, that the words that might come out of my mouth might be scripture and not the evil stories of my youth. And so... The idea of words that build, it starts with us, that we want to share words that will encourage and help those around us to grow. From those who do not know Jesus Christ to those that are sitting right next to us that live in our own house. But it has to start with us. Are we training ourselves? 
to speak good words? Are we training ourselves to speak building words? Are we training ourselves, equipping ourselves to think and pray words that build? So that's my statement. My question is, what will we do with it? And when I say, what will we do with it? Notice I didn't say, what will you do with it? Because this also reminds me, I have to examine my heart. I have to examine my verbiage. I have to examine my approach to others. Amen. David? Thank you so much, Mr. King. Uh, I just have a question for you, Mr. King, if you're still here with us. Um, I am. You, you did mention something interesting when you said that uh, attack the problem, not the person. Um, it's, uh, it's something I've been thinking about now. I don't know if this example will make sense, but how do you separate the person from the problem? Uh, for example, uh, a person that steals is a thief. And so how do I attack the problem and yet the container or the vessel of this particular sin is right there. How, what, what have you been, how have you been able to do it? Uh, what are some of the, I would call them best practices is that uh, you really have helped you through uh, the ability and the skill to see beyond um, the problem and see the person and, and be concerned for the person and meet the problem or a sin against you as an individual? Well, number one, uh, you might want to see if they know Jesus Christ as Savior. Uh, that, that's number one. Uh, number two, if they know Jesus Christ as Savior, that uh, you know you can take them to Scripture where it says, Thou shalt not steal. Uh, those are things uh, that you can take them to. But then, uh, to deal with the problem is, is this, that uh, as you look at this, Thou shalt not steal, how do you define that? How, how, mm. how do you look at that? And then let me ask you, once they define it, thou shalt not steal, that uh, have, you, have you been doing that? And the thing is, if I know it and they know it, the answer is pretty straightforward. Uh, if uh, if uh, uh, a, a part of that too is just a comparison with, with a child, it might be asking, that uh, one is God pleased with us when, when this is done. And then the other thing is to ask, other thing to ask is that uh, uh, why do you do these things? Once they admit they steal, why do you take these things? What is the purpose for that? Once we know what the purpose is, then we can start attacking, okay, let's take away the desire to have these things or take away these things in the wrong way. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I don't know if Amanda has any questions uh, for you or any feedback. Amanda, what do you think about what uh, Mr. King Daddy was talking about tonight? Any thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was uh, very thought-provoking. Definitely a lot mm. to process and um, continually pray about. For mm. First of all, just what am I feeding into myself so that... I can be salt mm. to others. Um, but I think the thing that really stood out to me was the Colossians 3.17 verse that I'm representing Jesus. So mm. 
when I talk to that person, when I bring up an issue, when I discipline my sons, who are mm. they seeing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Ken. Thank you so much, Amanda. Pastor Wellington, thank you so much for being with us tonight. What do you think about uh, Mr. Ken that is uh, words of encouragement tonight? Well, first of all, Ken, thank you. Thank you again for reminding us. You know, sometimes it's so easy for us to, to forget these things. In fact, this morning when I was, this morning, we were in British Columbia. It's night there. <laughs> and uh, we were, I was looking at the word of God in the morning and, and uh, the whole idea about some of the things that we use and words that we use for encouragement. It's amazing that you've just connected it. What I like, what you did, is that you pointed us to Christ. You pointed us to mm -hmm. the words. You pointed us Ephesians four twenty nine. You pointed us to you know to Proverbs twenty seven six, Colossians three seventeen. In fact, Amanda, when you said those words, I was like, I was just nodding my head vigorously, because and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. I think Ken, what you captured was that we face different issues, but it is going back to the truth that allows us to see how we can be able to, you know, issues and applications can be different concerning things that we go through. But when you go back to God's word, that is where it all comes together. Because again, the whole idea is to, to glorify God and enjoy him the rest of our lives. And so whatever it is that we are doing, whether it's word or deed, is his name glorified. And you brought out very clearly, I like the idea that you didn't, yes, you told us your situation, you allowed us to see your background, but you didn't stay there. You allowed yeah. us to go back again to where God wants us to be. So you pointed us again back to what matters the most, and that is God's word. So thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it.